So, Rachel. Yeah. The Enterprise has sent a half-Klingon, half-human emissary to help deal with a three-quarter century-old Klingon sleeper ship who believes they are still at war with the Federation. Ooh, that's a lot of fractions. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Talk maths to me. Let's say it's a woman and Worf is tempted but needs some B-plot encouragement, not by Troy, obviously. No. To have a go. He'll be intimidated but fascinated by the guys on the ship and it'll be a tough sell for him that Klingons now work with the Federation. Mm. I'd like to see Riker eating worms again and Guinan laying down some home truths. All right, yeah, well... That sounds like a great episode! Sounds like an awesome episode. Let's see what we get. Rachel watches... Star Trek! Looking good. I'll go five. Five here. And five more. I believe the wiser course of action here is to bend. You mean fold, Data? That is correct. Fold. To bend, to make compact, or to capitulate. I raise 50. I do not believe Lieutenant Worf understands all the nuances of this betting procedure. I wouldn't be so quick to judge Data. His pile's a lot bigger than yours. Than any of ours. The cards have been favoring the lieutenant, but that is the result of random chance. Therefore, a temporary situation. You hope. Talk or play, not both. <laughs> Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And we're at richwatchesstartrek.com. And of course, you're listening to us on Patreon because yeah. you are a dutiful subscriber. Yeah, thanks so much. Bless you for all your hard work. You know, I know you feel like that scene was not necessary, but I think that was establishing some character stuff. Yeah, it does turn out to pay off. So fair play. Fair play indeed. Worf, Data, LaForge, Pulaski and Riker are playing poker, as you heard. Basically, they play and Worf wins, claiming that Klingons never bluff. And we'll find out the significance, at least of that line, yeah. later. Yeah. The game ends suddenly when they get a confidential message from Starfleet to divert course. Picard is cheesed off that they won't give him any details, but also concerned. Admiral Gromek on view screen says that they have to pick up a special emissary for a very important mission. And that's all she's going to say. Well, we already know who it is, so there's no suspense there. No. This emissary is aboard a Class 8 probe? That's how they're traveling here. Yeah. It's like a probe coffin. Uh, it, it's a little probe coffin that I guess can go warp speed. A probe that goes sure. warp. Sure. Why not? Can it. Warp nine. Yeah. It goes as fast as they can go. How's it propelling itself? Uh, I, I understand it could be shot out. It needs a matter, antimatter reaction. It needs dilithium crystals. It needs all that <laughs> stuff. Maybe it just maintains the speed it was already going at. I... You just eject it when you're going at warp nine. I mean, I guess shuttles also go warp speed. Do they? Yeah, well, not, not all nine. of them. But, uh, well, yeah, some of them go really fast. So. That's ridiculous. But they have the distinctive warp nacelles, you know, the two... Yeah? ...which are used to generate the warp field that bends space-time so oh they're able gosh. to go faster than light. Well, I'm calling the bullshit on this <laughs> probe going warp nine. <laughs> it's had its transmitters and sensors removed and a life support system installed. There's no way it's got the sort of tech that's needed to create Warp 9. No, It's I just mean, basically a shell. It's it's cool. Yeah. It's really dramatic the way oh, it shows up. I would like up. to travel like that, would you? And it looks neat. Well, they're just kind of trying to stress the importance of the mission, that yeah. somebody is willing to get in a coffin and be shot faster than light 
Yeah. Warp nine. That's like yeah. way faster. That's I forgot what that's like hundred times the speed of lighter. Oh my god. Thousand goodness. times the speed of light. It's something crazy. Ooh. They're gonna pull it in as they both warp through space to save time. They track to beam it and then transport the whole thing onto the little stage. Chief O'Brien opens the probe and inside is Kalar, a half Klingon, half human woman. They hide her Klingon forehead under a mask at first, so it is a reveal. Riker speaks a bit of Klingon, and she's impressed. He's having the first try. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's making a run for her. A little smoother. Susie Plaxon was cast as Kalar because the production staff were impressed with her performance as the Vulcan Doctor Sailor in the Schizoid Man. You fancied her in that, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I fancy her in this. Yeah? Yeah, she's got it going on. She was also in Reunion, the Lady Q in The Q and the Grey. Uh, which is in Star Trek Voyager, and an Endorian Tara in Ceasefire on Star Trek Enterprise. So she's... Oh, I kept bringing her back. One of those uh, alum of Star Trek that they just keep keep using her over and over again. Yeah. She's probably very good in the makeup artist chair. Yeah. You know, yeah, real people, good time. That's fine. I mean, you know, our man, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. Starting with Deep Space Nine, he is in Star Trek Up the Wazoo. Oh, in fact, there's an episode where he plays, well, I think he had to play two or two characters in the same episode. <laughs> I liked him that much. Now, Kalar is very charismatic and a friend and friendly for a Klingon. In the observation lounge, she sees Worf and tries to banter with him, but he just serves her a big old cold, cold lunch. lunch reunion. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say to you. Haven't changed a bit. Hmm. Well, I missed you, too. Two days ago. Starbase 336 received an automated transmission from a Klingon ship, the Tong. That ship was sent out over 75 years ago. When the Federation and the Klingon Empire were still at war. The message was directed to the Klingon High Command. It said only that the ship was returning home and was about to reach its awakening point. Which suggests that the crew had been in cryogenic sleep for that long journey. Exactly. And when this crew is revived? We'll have a ship full of Klingons who think the war is still going on. Oh, dear. Ooh, ding, ding, dong. That's going to be bad. <laughs> She's so bubbly, isn't she? Yeah. For a Klingon. That's the human half. She's coming in human forward. Yeah, she's got uh, she's got a little sass going on. Yeah. And, but funny. She's fun. Yeah, she's a good time. I like her. Picard thinks Kayla has been sent to talk with the Klingon crew, but she says talking will be a waste of time and the only way to prevent them destroying nearby star bases is to kill them all. Yeah, that's Eek. pretty intense. I mean, that's very Starfleet we now know from Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Picard says, nope, you and Worf come up with an alternative. Yeah. One of the Picard maneuvers. <laughs> <laughs> Troy gets to do her usual chat with a female visitor. They talk about both being half human. At least, Troy's involved. She's involved. <laughs> it's kind of unsettling how Troy claims to have found the mix of cultures exciting. So she doesn't allow Kayla to bond with her over that. <laughs> but then she gives a look as if to say my parents were the worst without Kay seeing that. Just be honest, Troy. Yeah. Here's somebody who can totally say, I know. Uh, it sucks. Hmm. Kayla resents her Klingon temper. She feels like it, it's a monster fighting to get out of her. Yeah. Ooh, gosh. I must be rough if she identifies more with the human side. People yeah. already reject their anger so much, don't they? And yeah. Klingon level anger. Klingons are 
I'm very passionate, I guess. There's, mm. It's not just anger, you know, they get really into stuff, well, except for Worf. Worf, pretty milquetoast when it comes to passions, uh, you know, or you're just really repressed, I should say. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, when we were on that Klingon ship with Riker, they're making jokes. Yeah. Being yeah. silly, having a good time, laughing, slapping each other on the back. All the emotions. All the emotions. So, you know. They just feel. Kalar, why don't you just get into the groove a bit? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Having said that she's bubbly for a Klingon, that's not true at all, is it? It's Worf who's really subdued and yeah. sullen. Those guys on the ship, they were... Uh, they were Henry VIII in all over the place. <laughs> they, they were having a great time. <laughs> they sure were. Mm-hmm. Kayla has um, Kayla has a costume change at this point. Mm-hmm. It's the burgundy unitard with a bolero jacket and thigh-high boots to match. And she heads for Worf she, to show it off. She sure does. She wants to resolve their relationship issues from six years ago, but he's all business. He won't even look at her. She sits on his desk, boobs eye level, to try and get his attention, but he's not having any of it. Uh, he wants to know their mission to understand them. She says, what's to know? They're Klingons. They'll attack. They're, they'll kill people. That's what Klingons do. Worf thinks there's always a solution. She tries him for losing his Klingon fatalism. Oh, what's that then? Well, but- like that, you know, things are inevitable and, you know, we're going to go down with the ship. We're going to die. Oh. Klingons be Klingon in. We got to kill. Oh, we got to kill somebody? Oh, well, got to oh. kill him. That's what we got to do. But now yeah. he's like, well, let's think about this. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, Starfleet's changed you. Uh-huh. And he's like, no wisdom has, you jerk. <laughs> he says, I learned on this ship there are always other options. And she walks out calling him stubborn. Ah, uh, says you. So Kalar storms back to her quarters and smashes a glass table. Whoa. Out of frustration. Dude, there's loads of couches there to punch. <laughs> Don't go straight for the table. It's not your table. <laughs> Troy comes in and Kay says, look, sister. I don't do therapy. Maybe you should. Uh, No, not that, says Troy. I've given up on trying to sell that to anybody. I've forgotten how to do it anyway. (laughs) How about the holodeck? (laughs) (laughs) So KLR goes to the holodeck. She sees one of Worf's calisthenics programs, and she goes, okay, I'll give this a go. She enters into hand-to-hand combat with Skeletor and Featherface Guy. (laughs) Remember these dudes from an earlier episode? Yeah, Yeah. what else were they in? The one with... It was just an opening... No. No, it was just an opening episode... Where Riker went in with Worf. Oh, right. They shouldn't be allowed to use each other's programs. There should be passwords. Well, maybe it's one of those open programs. Maybe he designed it and Mm. was like, you know, I made this cool program. It's free to anybody who wants to use it. You know, if you're awesome. He just wants credit for it. Yeah. To have his name on it. Maybe his password programs are, you know, where they're all naked. Well, Skeletor and Featherface. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Picard sees Worf uptight and says, Relax, dude. So Worf thinks, okay, I'm going to do some Skeletorin. And he bursts into the holodeck, which is running in a session. Yeah, everyone does that now. Yeah. No boundaries. And uh, they begin to fight each other, Kalar and Worf, in, in the heat of battle. Their Klingon passions get ignited. But they're fighting the bad guys together. Yes, but then they start fighting each other. Then they do some growling, and, you know, this is Klingon foreplay here. Mm. And he he starts crushing her hand in a fist, and her nails start to dig in her own hand, and it makes her bleed. Whoa. Hot. Uh, What? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently that was the director's idea in the moment. Oh, whoa. He invented that, he says. Oh, whoa. All right. Cut to no one putting their boots on, but the implication is that they've banged. Yes. Worf starts crying Klingon into the sky, and she says, hey, stop that. We're not mated. I'm not going to marry you just because Skeletor made us horny, (laughs) even though it's the Klingon tradition. (laughs) So do they save themselves for marriage then? I I don't know. Or maybe 
They bone, but when they have a special boning, then they go, okay, let's marry. A special boning. You know, like, it's just really good boning, I guess. Maybe then you're like, whoa, that was awesome. Yeah. Marriage. I don't, maybe. Yeah, they're a mystery, aren't they, these guys? They see so seem so free and easy over on that ship. Mm. But then, on a based society, yeah. on a based restrictions on who you can bang or love or, sure. you know, maybe they even do honor killings and things like that. Oh, maybe, God. It's, maybe it's a... I hope misogynist not. society well no in discovery laurel became the basically the klingon emperor well she forced herself into that didn't but she? still mm-hmm. you know and um the klingon women that were on the ship they were serving equally to the men and their warriors as men are well some are i guess yeah they show more representation of female klingons throughout next gen Oh, okay. There's a whole bunch of Klingon stuff that happens next yeah. next season. So. Well, this has left me intrigued to know more, so that's yeah. good, isn't it? Do you think it was their first time then? Ah, uh, God, I find that so hard to believe because yeah. in my mind, Worf's boned so many people already. Well, no, because you know that he will later, but well, we know he and Pulaski did, but that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a human, so you know, what, what difference does it make? Uh, I don't know. I, I th- There was some kind of implication that it might have been his first time. Yeah, or at least their first time together. Which would seem strange, but maybe, I don't know. It's tell us your thoughts, yes, listeners, because we're it was a little ambiguous. Yeah, Kalar run, goes to run some simulations with the Klingon ship, you know, combat simulations. Worf brings data in on his new role as ship's vag blocker, uh, right? Yeah, uh, which she clocks right away. Yeah, she's like, Oh, you bring him in here so we can't talk about boning. Yeah, she's smarter than Luxana. <laughs> So Kalar insists that Klingons will have to be destroyed because they will never believe that they are no longer at war. Hopefully they're still asleep and we can move them out of range. Oh dear, here they are. Oh. The Ta'ong have woken up and are on the wrong side of the bed and are firing at the Enterprise. <gasps> Fire first, ask questions later, apparently. Yeah. Footage of the Klingon battlecruiser is reused from Star Trek, the motion picture. Ah, it ah. seemed like it looked familiar to you. Yeah, well, you it's... kind of knowingly at it. There's the original D-Class... I think the T7 class, the the big Klingon cruisers from the original series and from the movie that l- looked the same. And then the Bird of Prey came around later, the smaller kind of ship that, you know, Kirk and co used to go back in time. Oh. It's like a smaller type of ship. Anyway. Hear those eyes glazing over, I, guys. I see you. Nothing's happening. <laughs> the Klingon ship cloaks. LaForge can still detect them via gamma ray output as its old cloaking technology. Picard wants to intercept. Kay says, let them die honorably in battle. But Worf mm. has another idea. Oh, so now she's saying let them die honorably is her motive rather than we'll never be able to talk them around. Yeah. They hail the battle cruiser. Captain Katemok and his bridge officers are like, huh? Because there's Worf and Kayla in the big chairs wearing Klingon command uniforms and acting with loose authority. <laughs> <laughs> Worf says the war is over, lower your shields or be condemned as renegades. Katemok is coerced by Worf's bluff, so uh, I get it now, yeah, yeah. about the poker, yeah, yeah. thinking that they will fire on them. And so it does lower the shields. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Worf looks pretty. I mean, they both look pretty. Cool. Cool. They're in their Klingon get-ups. Attractive. Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Michael Dorn's a very handsome man. Yeah. Even with all the makeup. And he's given it the... Ooh. Yeah, he's got the the goods. Yeah, it's nice to see him with a bit of confidence, you know? Uh, Kalar will uh, take command of the Ta'ong until the arrival of the Klingon ship IKS Parang to escort them back to Kronos. So there's another example of a female Klingon being elevated to 
Yeah. A top position there with no questions asked. No, nobody bad an eye at it. Picard sneaks out once the video is off to congratulate Worf on a very fine first command. And we end with this. Damn you, Worf. You'd let me go without saying another word, wouldn't you? What needs to be said? Nothing. Everything. We're about to go our separate ways again. And that disturbs you? I hid the truth from you. Last night did have meaning. I was tempted to take the oath with you. That scared me. I've never had such strong feelings toward anyone. Nor have I. And it was more than just a point of honor. Maybe someday, when our paths cross again, I won't be so easy to get rid of. Kalar, I will not be complete without you. Aw, Kayla, it's a bit late to tell him that you've got feelings for him now. Yeah, geez. Is this a... Did did they steal this for Jerry Maguire? <laughs> you complete me. Yeah. <laughs> I think they did. I don't think I've ever seen that film. I've only seen them laughing at it in Lego Batman. <laughs> Which is very funny. <laughs> oh, boy. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. So I guess duty calls for Kayla. And, and it would be hard to sift through, the, through those Klingon versus human feelings. Sure. Yeah. So concepts. This episode was based on an unpublished story by Thomas H. Calder. So somebody had actually got some ideas together before they set off writing the script this time, which yeah, you can tell. That's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So having sex equals getting married, we think, unless it's some kind of special sex that means you're now mated. Yeah, or maybe it's if you have sex with a Klingon and you're Klingon, but you can have sex mm. with other people well, or things. Count. <laughs> or things. <laughs> Objects, I don't know. Yeah. It's a little ambiguous about the... The Klingon rules in society. And and from what we learn about Worf, he's really strict in his Klingon uh, yeah. stuff. Because he's adopted, so he goes by the letter of the he, law. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's trying to compensate for not being raised by Klingons. So he's like really intense. Where most of the other Klingons we meet are like, eh. Oh, eh. <laughs> we just kind of do whatever we want willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah, you know. I wonder about her, whether she wants to suppress the Klingon stuff. And do more human values things, or if it's vice versa. She seems to. Like, she acts way more human than, than yes. Klingon. She's not as aggressive. Apart from the anger they just kind of throw in. Really, well, you wouldn't know she was Klingon unless she had the forehead. Yeah, and then she, when she felt that angry, she went in and she broke something. So yeah. she, she's obviously suppressing those feelings she's and those emotions. Too. Yeah. But maybe they're a very traditional society, or what we would consider traditional mm-hmm. anyway in terms of the marriage and sex thing yeah, yeah the default of violent mating so different from most human sure perceptions of mating you're right well, yeah. obviously that's some people's thing oh right yeah they don't uh, usually lead with it though i don't think unless no. they've arranged to on fet life or whatever yeah that's yeah it's not common in culture but it does exist in human cultures where there's consensual rough sex yeah yeah uh and in nature unfortunately mm. you know it generally is pretty rough does and not, not look like much fun it doesn't look like much fun, that no. tortoise that giant tortoise <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time he just uh, circled her for 
a really long time. A long time. Didn't and I didn't know turtles made noises until I <laughs> saw a turtle humping another turtle. And now you can't unhear it. And now I cannot unhear it, and it haunts my dreams. <laughs> oh, she definitely didn't seem to be into it, but she said she didn't seem to be undergoing any violence either. No. So at least that's something. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can kind of I guess. hope for in the animal world, I guess. Bonobos? Bonobos? Oh, bonobos. They have a good time. Oh, they sure do. <laughs> what about octopuses? I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> I if don't know how they have genders. that works. I bet octopuses would be considerate lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Octopi? Sure. Sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so Tracy Tomei, who had written The Schizoid Man, that was the one where Susie, the same actress, played sailor right the vulcan yeah had wanted to develop a romance between sailor and wharf oh but the idea was overruled when the emissary was being planned tome complained that the premise of this one was obvious had it been a vulcan it would have been more interesting he said Hmm. Hmm. so i guess that's why they made her half human to shake it up a little bit huh that's interesting i i don't (sighs) still provided enough challenge for him i thought yeah in the time we had I, i gotta admit i'm a little confused with vulcan uh, romantic relationships because of their lack of emotion. Yeah. Spock had to go and get married at a certain time because he'd been called on, whether he, he liked her or not. Yeah, he wasn't really into it. Yeah, and then they, they're they passionate every seven years, but but they have sex in between, maybe. Sarek, yeah, Sarek married a, a human woman, and yeah. she's going to want it, you know, oh, at Amanda. least once a week. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that would have been an interesting dynamic. Like, what would mm. what would they see in each other? Yeah. You gotta and have. Would to... she be turned on by him? Actually, Worf's pretty pretty repressed as well emotionally. He you know keeps it all in. So mm. maybe that could be a, a thing. I don't know. Huh? It might have worked. Haven't seen any um, interracial kissing yet in this TNG. We've had a bit of romance, but it's never oh, right. become what we would consider romantic. So right. I wonder if there's, they were still squeamish about it back then. I don't know. We'll have to look out for that. It does. It doesn't happen. Not I, that there's loads of kissing in TNG anyway. Yeah, there really isn't. And we're given the impression they had sex, but we don't get to see any of what we would consider affection between mm, them. Yeah. Mm, That's a good point. I wonder. Out. So we had mixed species children as a concept. Mm-hmm. Troy was keeping the cheesy positive spin on it, but mm-hmm. Kayla was pissed off about it. Yeah. Um... I'm glad they went there. I thought it was written well, but they could have expanded on it so much more. But then again, there's only so much time. Sure, yeah. I thought they really brushed over what Troy's experience of it has been. But I guess we had kind of a Troy episode last week, as much as you ever really do get of a Troy episode, poor thing. Poor Troy. I think Kayla could be a good regular character, really, to Mm -hmm. compare Worf's full Klingon but adopted versus her half Klingon but raised by a Klingon and a human. Kayla does come back. Oh, good. So. Oh, yeah, you said one one episode where she comes back. And actually, thanks a lot, either Memory Alpha or the script one, mm-hmm. for telling me that she comes back saying that they conceived a son oh, during no. this episode. <laughs> I'll got, try and forget it. Got ruined for you. Yeah. yeah, that was a shocker. You know, yeah. she shows up and go, check it out. Uh, Meet your son. <laughs> what? We had rejection of anger or maybe rejection of the Klingon in her to a certain extent. A monster fighting to get out. Does she like Klingons? She was certainly passionate with him. But then she had a very sort of black and white view about them that they'll yeah. kill everything on site as soon as they wake up and just kill them. Yeah. So she must have some real inner conflict that she probably should sort through before yeah. she goes as an emissary right. on a job like this. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, she might have been right. Yeah. But you had Clever Wharf on board to come up with this little trickaroo. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they would have just opened fire and died in a blaze of glory and yeah. taken the Enterprise Well, they did. Them. They did what she said they would, didn't they? Yeah. Just open fire and thankfully they didn't attack some star bases first. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the usual Star Trek moral is everyone should play poker <laughs> <laughs> and everything will be okay. Play poker. <laughs> we had exercise and fighting to release anger, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of therapists would recommend that. Do it before you smash a table, probably. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I great. That's right. yeah. Which is harder for data to understand, someone asked, was it Kayla? Klingon emotion or human emotion? And he kind of said, couldn't possibly choose between them. <laughs> Which was a you know, cool line, I thought. Yeah. We had the wake up and attack default for the Klingons, which is cool timing for us after we've just finished Discovery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But would they really just wake up, not check to see the current status of events and just start firing willy-nilly? I mean, it'd only take them minutes to work out yeah. whether that was still their mission or not. Well, uh, there is subspace communication, which everybody uses. So mm-hmm. if they're able to contact Starfleet, you would think that the Klingons would be able to contact other Klingons. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe all their codes would be out of date or, yeah. you know, like, so they wouldn't trust if they're hyper paranoid, they wouldn't trust the newer codes or the newer ships or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And we never did find out, did we, what their mission was for being there in, no. in hypersleep? No, they never said, yeah. Mm. We had a person traveling in a probe. That's pretty crazy. Mm. So I'm giving it an eight out of 10 for concepts. Eight out of ten. Yeah, it didn't blow my mind. I'm going to go a little bit lower. Uh, I just thought it was was some interesting Klingon stuff, relationship stuff. But for for sci-fi blowing my mind stuff, I'm going to give it a six. All right. Look at us disagreeing. That's great. We're back on track. Yeah. It's a little bit more dramatic when we disagree. (laughs) Entertainment. Great performance from Susie. Very commanding. Uh, And from Michael. Director Cliff Bull said he let Susie go a little broad with it, but I liked her. Oh, I didn't think I she was broad. I great. Yeah. I like a bit of fun in my TNG. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't say that she's broad after watching Major last week. And oh I love both yeah. those performances. <laughs> yeah. It was compelling throughout. I was surprised they gave most of the episode to Worf and um, Kayla, actually. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, they've got the chops to carry it. They sure do. Didn't need to be faffing around with us a little Wesley B plots and stuff. Yeah. Kept it simple for a change, especially after Manhunt, which was just such a bizarre <laughs> casserole. <laughs> Poker again, but it was an okay scene and at least it was relevant. You better get used to poker. <laughs> oh, no. you're gonna, there's a lot of poker in, oh. in Star Trek. Uh, Maurice Hurley said that the show gets so intellectually smug and self-serving and you need something like that to break it off. Someone willing to storm the barricades. The idea of a half Klingon was fun. <laughs> and that was from Clint, uh, Captain's Logs Unauthorized Complete Trek Voyages. I agree, it was fun. Yeah. But uh, if you think your show is intellectually smug and self-serving, well, that's your fault, isn't it? <laughs> Why Jeez, you change yeah, it? Maurice. Yeah. Gosh. I'm going to give it another 8 out of 10. Wow, 8 out of 10. Mm, I enjoyed it. Mm, I like it 8. I think a 7. I think I 7 yeah. liked it. Yeah. It's good. It's a solid episode. It's never boring. I like the characters. I like her a lot. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that she comes back. Uh, I wish that she was on lots more. Yeah. Sexiness. Well, they had sex, as far as we know. Yes. Well, they did have sex. They, we know for <laughs> because, sure they had yeah, sex. And unprotected, yeah. too. I was withholding that information because yeah, well I didn't done. think you knew. You're very good at that. But, uh, Can't it, they activate holodeck condom or something? And well, are they supposed to be sterile anyway, or, you know, some kind of injections? Yeah, I don't know how that 
works. I mean... She wouldn't be necessarily, but... Yeah, you you would think that with medical technology being what it is, that they would be able to give you some kind of contraception. Yeah. Like an injection or something, and you won't have to worry about it. And then yeah, when you decide did. you want to have kids, then you get the... Undo it. Undo it. Yeah. But I guess... I they... guess Pulaski's pregnant now, too. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be <laughs> the episode in a few weeks? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We're just kidding. We don't really think Pulaski and Wolf had sex. What, we don't? Oh, do we? <laughs> I do. <laughs> we only got to see a bit of growling and hand bleeding yeah. and then the hurt feelings aftermath. So It's very passionate. Sex happened, but we didn't get to see it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to see it on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was passionate. Pulaski calls Worf handsome, so, you know, just right. reminding him that she's available. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of costume changes, which yeah. is always good. Yeah. And she really pulled them off. There was three costume changes, Woo! wasn't there? Yeah. Well, three costumes, actually. Two costume changes. That's right. Be- Definitely <laughs> make sure you get that right. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't want to get, you know, I know how oh. you guys are in the comments. God, <laughs> you kidding me? Alison Scott will be down your throat as fast as... <laughs> She's so nice. Thank you, Alison, for going up even more in your patronage oh, this month. Oh, thank you, Alison. She's just so generous. Yeah, and everybody's so nice. And I'm, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm kidding, kidding because you guys aren't that way. And that's <laughs> delightful. Yeah. And Worf in the Grand Klingon attire. Yeah. Sexy. He looked good. Four out of five. Four out of five, yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think, of, would there be five out of What would be five out of five? What would be mm. hotter? Is it possible to for, Star Trek? For it to actually turn you on in any way. Uh, I guess four, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Four. Finally, stupid experts. Stupid Klingons, maybe? For just firing without having a quick check? Yeah. I don't know, but I understand what you're saying, that they wouldn't trust any information they were given anyway, necessarily. Right, yeah. Worf was trusted to come up with a plan, and he did. That was great. Yep. Picard's usual, no, that won't do, come up with something else, worked again. It did. So, pretty good. Put a little effort in. That's what he says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, for our gang, I guess, zero? Yeah, zero. Apart from impregnating somebody well, on a bit of a holodeck fling, which well, is pretty stupid. That's not great. Yeah, that really is. And that, that fruit that it bears is pretty... Pretty sour. Oh no! It does. Yeah. Thanks. Ooh, well, at least a one for that then. Let's uh, let's just say that Worf doesn't make the best dad in the world. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, your guesses? I said it'd be a woman. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And Worf would be tempted, but needs some B plot encouragement. Um, no, he didn't need encouragement, but he was tempted. Yeah, more was, than tempted. It was kind of a plot, really. It wasn't even yeah. a plot. Yeah. I thought he'd be intimidated and fascinated by the guys on the ship, but no, that didn't really no. come into play. They only met them at the end. I didn't see Riker eating worms, and Guinan wasn't there. Mm. But maybe I got the general thrust of the a plot right. Yeah, you did. Thrust. Mm. I want to thank all of our patrons, not just Alison Scott. Oh yeah, they're amazing. Thank you, and welcome to some new ones as well. Ensigns, Mike, Bernard Munter, Robert William, Moldy Squid, and Not Too Cthulhu. Wonder where they've come from. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for joining our patron team and being awesome. We really appreciate it. Without you, we wouldn't keep doing the show. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, don't forget to leave us some comments on each of these episodes. Uh, all right, let's get a teaser for next week's episode. This one I do know. And it is a good one. Ooh. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. The hunt begins, number one. The crew battles each other in simulated war games. Computers report heavy damage to the Enterprise. Bring us about, Ensign. Maximum shields. But a surprise ambush 
traps them in a fight for survival. That's no ghost attacking the Enterprise, that's real. Where are my weapons? Unavailable, sir. The connections have been fused. On Star Trek, the next generation. Oh, oh, is it going to be great? It's uh, it's one I really like it. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think you're going to like it too. Excellent, right? And and we'll, with, well, we'll see you there. Yes, with Adam Chris Lackey. and I'm Rachel Lackey. and you've been listening to Rachel watches Star Trek. Star Trek!